Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 183 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. Today we are talking all about enhancing memory, focus, and cognitive clarity. And this is something we just hear so often from clients and listeners as a need that you know their brains just aren't what they used to be or they're feeling like they've lost that edge cognitively and are looking for natural solutions. And I really see this happening as early as like 20s, 30s, 40s. So not just speaking to age-related decline or dementia. Yes. And we have quite a deep dive episode on Alzheimer's. It's a two-parter. So that is going to be more focused on the aging processes. But today we're going to talk about functional medicine approaches to enhancing your brain health. So we're going to be talking about resilience to stress, the gut microbiome connection. We're going to talk about nootropics or performance enhancers. And I think this is going to be a really valuable episode for everyone. So make sure you tune in, grab your notebook. This one is going to get nerdy. It totally is. Um, And before we go there, just one more moment of lightness. Um, I learned something new about you this weekend, Allie. (laughs) Um, And since everyone seems to be obsessed right now with the uh, docuseries Tiger King on Netflix, I really think a lot of our listeners are going to appreciate this tidbit as well. So uh, tell us your story. Well, um, I told you guys in the, uh, what was it called? We like to call it becoming a recovering vegan, but all of our transition from vegan to omnivore, I guess, episode, which was way back, Becky's first appearance on the Naturally Nourished podcast in episode 42, I believe. Yes. Uh, I told you guys that I did a lot of animal welfare work and I was in PETA and um, the Farm Animal Welfare um, Awareness Organization and I was all about animal rights, and I still am. And I, in fact, Stella <laughs> says, oh, jungle animals do not belong in cages. And so like, we have this whole like, little thing where she'll be like, I do not go to the circus, right, mama? <laughs> no, I heard her say that this weekend too, actually. Yes, correct. <laughs> so I still believe very strongly uh, that you know, wild animals don't belong in captivity, especially the breeding and some of the things that are done. So yes, back in 2005, I believe it was, I was almost arrested for protesting Exotic Joe. Um, I had a pretty significant engagement with him. Um, So we had gone to our mall in Iowa City, Iowa, and warned their PR and marketing team that there would be a protest that... Uh, you know, the concern was is that the Tiger King or, or Exotic Joe was bringing his tigers in. Um, he carried them in like moving trucks. So like they didn't have adequate ventilation. There weren't, there was not ample vet support. There were children that were getting like uh, infections and um, a lot of the animals that they were allowing people to engage with inside of malls had like mange and other skin conditions. 
And I don't exactly remember the details, but there was a lot of, you know, noted concerns. And so we kind of went to the mall and we were like, hey, this is a health concern. It's a public health concern. And it's also, you know, animal rights concern. And there's a lot of groups that are angry about this. If you continue to hold this event, we will show up and we will be protesting. And so it was actually my third news appearance as well, Becky. Um, And I was wearing a white Hanes t-shirt with like blood stains all torn up. And I had duct taped my mouth and um, we all um, bonded arms and we sat with our backs turned um, and then we were escorted out of the mall by police officers. And that's my story. So I didn't actually claim to fame. It was, it was uh, civil disobedience. Um, (laughs) and I, you know, complied with the law when warned, but I did have to give them my name and information and yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. And exotic Joe is an animal. Um, yeah, he was like yelling at us from the parking lot and being really crazy. So as you can probably imagine. So wild. And, um, I just wish we had video footage of, of you specifically, or that you made a cameo on the show, but yeah, um. I'm, I'm sure we had some really good. So, you know, we duct taped inside the mall, but I think we had some like really good as he was like driving in, uh, protest chants, but I don't remember them. Wouldn't that be money? If I knew the like, that chant would be that we said? amazing. <laughs> Hell no. Or tigers free or something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so just had to get that one out of the way because I can't be the only one that, that knows this information about so Now when you guys so. watch that, you can think yes. of me. Totally. <laughs> yes. Totally a, a worthy cause, but such yes. a wild story that and, I had no idea about. Yes. And on sad news, um, we will yes. announce now very briefly, because we have a lot to cover, that the Atlanta event, um, the food as medicine or the art of food as medicine event has been postponed. Also, KetoCon has officially been postponed, as has FitCon and a lot of my speaking engagements and things that were planned into the summer. So just continue to stay tuned on the Allie Miller RD website with the backslash events. And uh, Becky and I are working on coming out with more e um, con- content for you guys that you can watch over video. Uh, we're talking about updating the classes for our next keto class was going to start after KetoCon. We're probably going to bump that to like end of April or early May. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably do a big flash sale for all of you to get ahead of the curve before you go back to work and all that and kind of make the best that you can of your time in the kitchen. And with that also, we are still on time with our planned release of our YouTube channel, which will be in June. So super stoked about all those things still on par. Hope everyone's staying safe, maintaining their mental sanity. I know that I have been pounding calm and clear like it's my job. We'll talk about how (laughs) calm and clear can also enhance cognitive performance. Uh, But that's really my desert island supplement, which I notice if I don't take at this juncture, I'm on like an eight to nine flow. Um, If I'm taking less than six, I definitely get that physiological feeling of discomfort and I go into an over-rumination or irritability bitey stage. And so this is what's keeping all things safe in Casa Miller. Totally. I've been popping a lot of Gavicom too, especially before having to like go to the grocery store, things like that. Yeah. When there's that palpable, yeah. Uh When there's that like peripheral physiological anxiety, Uh that's when I go Uh for the Gavicom. Yep. And then the calm and clear is just that overall pendulum swing regulator of keeping you somewhat parasympathetic when the body wants to be in this fight or flight sympathetic state. And there's just so many still unknowns. 
uh, it's just best to, to continue to bathe the body in safety signals. Uh, really important for metabolism, immune health, and as we'll talk today, cognition and mental health. Totally. And today's episode is back to our regularly scheduled programming. So while we may mention kind of what's going on um, with coronavirus and things like that, we won't be delving deep into that topic. So you can spend the next hour kind of tuning that all out and um, getting you know some, some good new information into your brain space. Most definitely. And so today's episode uh, opening sponsor is actually ourselves, Naturally Nourished Supplements. And you will hear a lot about the products that we're going to recommend through the information that we share with you guys. We'll kind of be breaking down mechanism of action and the focused support. And we will be layering in uh, supplement recommendations as we always do. But just a little bit of some punches on why the Naturally Nourished line is superior and and why you may consider my supplement line as your household supplements for you and your family are when we look at potency, efficacy, and quality and testing. These are all really important things to keep in mind. So because I do have a medical license, all of the products in the Naturally Nourished line are pharmaceutical grade. Um, this is really important when we're looking at ensuring that we can get an effective dosage to actually have clinical outcomes. All of the products within the Naturally Nourished line have been used in my clinic for over a decade. Now, some of them are new and have been new on the market, but always personally used within myself or a direct family member and handfuls of clients before we go forward with the private labeling process. Um, all of these formulas that we carry are also third-party assessed for mold, toxins, potency, and purity. So we actually have our direct manufacturing facilities testing all of the raw ingredients that come in. We don't just trust the reports that come with the raw ingredients. We then directly test them ourselves. And we ensure that the form of each ingredient is highly bioavailable, meaning that your body is able to absorb and likely there's going to be enhanced availability or utilization as compared to other over-the-counter formulas. So we'll use patented technology of emulsification, for instance, like our super turmeric incorporates three types of curcuminoids that then use the, the turmeric oil to enhance the bioavailability up to 18 times greater than a typical curcuminoid product. And that even includes the ones that are in, compared to the biopurine formulas out there um, and uh, the known like uh, patented formulas like the Mariva compound, which you'll see in a lot of, um, of, of the better kind of quality products out there. So we take a lot of time and energy ensuring that there's a synergy of ingredients. Um, the ingredients speak to each other and work together in the body to really create the most outcomes that you're looking to achieve for symptom management or enhanced whole body and mental health. So definitely we'll be dropping some suggestions throughout today's episode and um, let's get rocking. Yes, totally. And, and that's another element of our new website that's launching April 15th as well that we're really excited to bring is some video content on um, specific supplementation. Eventually we'll have a video on, I think, every single supplement on the line, but we're launching with really the five to six big ones why supplementation is so important. And we're also working on a resource for you guys um, that are looking to get started with supplements that is a quiz. So really helping you to narrow down your focus and priorities with supplementation. 
It's been fun as Becky and I are piloting that because yes. we're like, oh, I'm getting 16 options. And then I'm like, totally oh, normal. <laughs> but it's the 16 that I take anyway. Uh, but no, 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 we're, we're totally simplifying it and, and trying to create a reasonable entry point for those of you that are looking to navigate and you know, know where to start. So we're really excited about these resources and we'll have protocols under our learn tab. So we'll have a protocol of if you've been on antibiotics, where do you start? If you're dealing with endometriosis, if you're looking for a protocol to enhance memory, for instance, I'm super excited. And that's going to continue to come to life as the days of the calendar turn. Yes. All right. Let's do it. And let's just kick off today's episode with kind of the why behind um, so many people starting to see decline in memory, focus, just not feeling as sharp or kind of feeling a little bit fuzzy in the brain department. I know there can be just so many reasons, uh, but let's try to just give a brief overview of some of the big ones, and then we'll unpack the really important ones individually. Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of break it down into stress. The fact that we are, you know, bombarded by information overload, we're multitasking, taking on a lot and, and generally overstimulated both also that incorporates the stress of like blue light and modern day technology. But then there's that mental demand as well as the emotional layers of stress. Stress is huge for sure. And that would caveat into neurotransmitter imbalance, which is a little bit more specific. So we're definitely going to talk today about those inhibitory versus stimulating neurotransmitters and the role of L-theanine as a modulator. So we'll have fun with that today. Sleep and better said, maybe lack of quality, deep restful sleep. Uh, we're going to talk about up-to-date research on melatonin. We're going to cover some information on actual plaque formation and the regulation of the body during deep restful sleep, how that influences actual brain function and neurogenesis or regeneration process within the brain. There's definitely, probably no surprise to my listeners, a diet component, right? So we're calling Alzheimer's disease type 3 diabetes. Um, and Becky, do you have a note of those episodes? Was that 106 and 106? No. It's 110 and 112. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yep. So th those are two for you guys to listen to more specific on Alzheimer's. But we know that elevated blood sugar levels, just like I talk about in the anti-anxiety diet, an increased hemoglobin A1C is three to five times more likely to deal with depression and anxiety. And overall elevated blood sugar level can interfere with cognitive function. So we'll talk about some of the mechanisms behind that. And then taking that a step further, how a ketogenic diet can actually reduce the oxidative stress in the brain. So ketones can actually be brain fuel. And then especially a ketogenic whole foods diet that is rich and abundant in antioxidants, this is going to further reduce the oxidative damage or, or the burnout truly um, on the brain tissue. We will highlight nutrient deficiency trends that are associated with cognitive decline. And then finally round things out with gut impact, that brain gut connection, the role of the microbiome and leaky gut and how that can all drive cognitive decline. So a lot of reasons that this can happen. And I think a lot of people were probably seeing overlap between multiple categories here. Um, let's start off with the stress connection first, because um, I think this is a huge, huge reason, reason, especially for you know younger people to start seeing issues with memory and focus and neurotransmitter imbalance, which we mentioned is kind of a, a secondary reason, but that kind of falls within this category too. 
Totally. So, you know, when we're under stress, I, th- I think one of the, the easiest things to compare to is that our overfiring of our brain cells can actually lead to cellular suicide or cell death. So when our brain cells are overwhelmed with excitatory neurotransmitter function, this is where we call like certain food ingredients, excitotoxins, right? Um, When the brain space is overly stimulated or overly excited, we can see cellular suicide or cell death. And this is a direct connection that stress can actually kill brain cells. Um, So we can see the impact of this excitatory burnout or buzz, 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 that over impulse demand actually inhibiting the function of our neurological system. And so this can be acute or chronic stressors. Of course, it's more concerned in a chronic space because that would mean that it's going on for a long period of time and it's kind of the standard function of the brain. We see this commonly in the space of adrenal fatigue. Um, So individuals that are under high stress. And as we talked about in the um, rebounding your adrenals episode, which was just about maybe 15 or so episodes back, Rebounding Your Adrenals came out when we launched the Adrenal Rehab Program. Um, And just kind of a PSA, I think that the Adrenal Rehab Program would be a really great tool for you listeners at this time um, because you are home, you do have access to watch some of those online modules. It is an evergreen course but it really does teach you how to harness the wild stallion of the brain. And we see both that stressed and wired and stressed and tired uh, individual that is either in that adrenal overdrive or adrenal fatigue insufficiency mode to both be dealing with impacts driving brain fog, difficulty concentrating, and then where the stressed and wired or overdrive individual will deal with kind of racing thoughts and maybe insomnia the adrenal fatigue individual could be dealing with more flatness or uh, apathy, almost mimicking depression. Either ends of the spectrum can deal with kind of a spaciness and a difficulty multitasking because again, there's just too much excitatory energy that the brain is not able to optimize its function. The nerve impulses are firing too rapidly to get that receive of communication. Um, So both ends of the spectrum, both high and low cortisol can impact our cognition and our adrenals, remember, make neurotransmitters. So our adrenals put out our dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. These are called catecholamines, excuse me. And these catecholamines or stress responding neurotransmitters um, can definitely drive that excitatory impulse, which can burn out. And this is where we can really engage or use as tools GABA as a powerful player, as well as the Calm and Clear that I mentioned. Um, GABA has actually been shown to be the primary neuroinhibitory compound that influences our central nervous system. So it actually tells the brain to disengage the stress signal and blocks nerve impulses. So it slows down the activity of the nerve cells, preventing them from overfiring. So it's like a direct bodyguard. And that's where Becky and I were saying, we really feel the peripheral experience of that, meaning like less shakiness. Um, I know that even my gut, like um, I've had a couple days where I've had looser stools because the enteric nervous system, um, which is, you know, the brain of the gut is overfiring. It's overpulsing right now um, just because there's just this general sense of dis-ease. And um, that GABA can be a very powerful way of, of sending signals to the body of releasing that stress impulse. 
Totally. Um, and then adding a little bit of, I guess, insult to injury. Um, if we're stressed, we may not be sleeping. And I think that's another really big area where a lot of us do tend to skimp or we burn the candle at both ends, just trying to do all the things or, you know, we're just wound up by whatever's going on and, and can't sleep. And ultimately this can end up costing us both productivity and efficiency and some of that cognitive function too. Absolutely. And, and I think the sleep part is both behavioral as well as neurochemical, as well as hormonal, <laughs> you know? So there's a, a multitude of factors that go into this. Um, so behavioral is the easiest to address in the sense, in theory, maybe, <laughs> unless you're like me and you really claim that evening space as your own, you know, that's, that's my biggest behavioral navigation is I find like at the end of my clinic day and at the end of my momming, it's like, no, I don't want to go to bed at 10. I want three hours to myself to just disengage or to catch up on the million things that I need to do <laughs> that aren't directly demanding my time when I'm in clinic or when I'm one-on-one -on -one with Stells. Um, or when I'm cooking my dinners for the family or X, Y, Z. So the, the behavioral piece is a big one. And we'll talk about approaches to that when we get into the lifestyle element here. Um, but the hormone part really connects the dots with melatonin. Um, and that also connects with neurotransmitter imbalance. Serotonin is actually a precursor in use of production of melatonin. So some individuals will, will be lower serotonin. In fact, many people that are under chronic stress tend to run low serotonin because serotonin, just like GABA, is a landing gear for our stress response. So we burn through serotonin and GABA when we're under high chronic stress. And then as the daylight shifts and we're supposed to increase our melatonin productivity during that time, we can actually then see in ample or inadequate melatonin production. And that's concerning, right? And then melatonin itself, as we've talked on past episodes, can actually work as an antioxidant. There's a lot of research in the world of cancer and immune modulating effects of melatonin. And so we'll unpack some interesting research studies in a moment. But um, melatonin can be a powerful tool. And if you know you're running anxious or depressed or you're on an SSRI, there's chance that likely you are a candidate that would also benefit from melatonin because likely if you're low in serotonin, you're going to lack that conversion. Yeah, totally. I see that all the time when we do neurotransmitter testing in clinic, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, sleep is just so important. So research tends to support seven to eight as being that minimum necessary amount of hours to have an influence on cellular repair. And we're talking about the impacts both physiologically and psychologically. So we can actually see the most physiological repair, which includes building of muscle, bones, tendons, joints, ligaments, all of this occurs actually between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. And during this time frame, our HGH or our human growth hormone um, is going to be more predominant. And that's going to impact our body composition. So we actually see the most metabolically active tissue during that deep REM cycle of sleep, which should also fall between that 10 and, and 2 a.m. window. Cool. And then between 2 and 6 a.m., I know that's where some of the neurotransmitter and hormone balance tends to happen. 
Yes, absolutely. In fact, there was a research study done by Harvard Medical School and Brigham Women's in 2003 that found a link in night shift workers and decreased melatonin production. Um, and so we see that that 2 to 6 a.m. period is when we get the psycho psychological influence. So the neurotransmitters and neurochemicals that help with mental health, this is when they're recycled and repaired. So especially if someone's, again, already running low serotonin or dealing with mental illness or in stable mood, it's really important to get that deep restful sleep during that window. And then as I mentioned on the hormonal level, we see the connection likely of COMP-T, um, which we We've talked about in genetics, the catecholamine methyltransferase. So these stress-responding neurotransmitters and that genetic mutation that does not regulate those and also low melatonin. And we tend to see that the comp um, genetic variants tend to run more with estrogen dominance. And there's also a relationship with estrogen and melatonin. So we know that uh, low melatonin levels are a risk factor for breast cancer and totally. estrogen dominance. And I'm remembering we dug into a lot of these studies actually in our um, episode on insomnia. So I'll make sure I link that for those of you that are starting to have some wheels turn already on the sleep piece of the puzzle. Yeah. I mean, anything from beta amyloid plaque to neurogenesis. Um, so both reducing the plaque formation, um, reducing the uh, plaque buildup, and then also actually helping to repair the neurological function all happens really substantially during that deep restful period. Totally. And let's just hit real quick on the immune connection as well, since you mentioned it. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of this from my peers. I think it was actually a uh, uh, metabolic Mike that just shared a really cool uh, graph where he was trying to, or actually Danny Vega did as well. Yeah. I think both yeah. of them. Um, I don't know if one of them shared each other's, but um, it was looking at melatonin in relationship of what's going on right now with um, COVID. And it was tying that there is, you know, an age-related decline in melatonin, um, so that that could be a proposed mechanism of, you know, why we're not seeing severe symptoms in, um, especially like infant, even though they are potentially immune compromised or vulnerable on their immunological function, they do have the most melatonin, um, and so melatonin is highest in infants, and um, it does reduce oxidative lung injury. It has anti-inflammatory effects and antiviral properties. Um, and so this is something that's kind of a novel area of interest at this timestamp with the immune concerns. And I know that there are a lot of researchers that are getting um, on board with use of melatonin as potential support um, and re reduce risk factor. And, you know, again, there's so many mechanisms of the benefit that I, I think that this would be a fantastic thing to consider. Um, our formula sleep support, we actually talked about back in episode 180 when we were talking about part two of the coronavirus and we were highlighting skullcap as one of the um, herbs that's in the formula. So the sleep support formula that we have comes in a tablet. I've been taking one at bed, which is 1.5 milligrams. So two tablets yields three milligrams. Um, but I've been taking one at bed every night, um, you know, since a lot of this kind of came into fruition and actually even preemptively to the skull cap findings and the melatonin connection of virus just because I was not sleeping because of the stress. Totally. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those like, oh, rest assured, like I'm actually doing something also proactive on an antioxidant capacity and potentially on an antiviral and immune and, and, and anti-inflammatory support. Totally. And, and I personally react very strongly to melatonin. So I have to like cut them in half, but um, I've been doubling down my relax and regulate doing more like two to three scoops at bed 
to help me sleep through the night because I was having that like 3, 4 a.m. surge of waking and like thinking about news headlines and, and, you know, cortisol surge at that time. And that's really been a helpful formula as well. Yeah. What a lot of people might not know about the relax and regulate, which is really important to call out is the form of the magnesium, you know, like the cheapo calm mag and the stuff that you'll get in the grocery store um, uses mag citrate or mag oxide or some of the forms that are poorly absorbed um, and are not known to cross the blood brain barrier in the way that magnesium bisglycinate does. So magnesium bisglycinate actually sits, um, it crosses the blood-brain barrier and it actually down-regulates ACTH production from the pituitary. So when we talk about the HPA axis and the fight-or-flight mechanisms of the body, going back to adrenal output and whatnot, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenals, right? That's what the HPA stands for. And that's, again, what kind of drives you into the sympathetic fight-or-flight mode or the parasympathetic regulatory function. And y'all that are my listeners know that I believe it to be so much more than just rest and digest. In, in the parasympathetic space is where your metabolism is regulated, your thyroid is optimized, your fertility and your libido and your sexual function is optimized. This is also where we see our sleep cycles, right? Anything that's regulatory with the body needing to feel safe. So when that relax and regulate is taken and that crosses the blood-brain barrier, it actually works like a direct bodyguard on the pituitary, not putting out the ACTH, which stimulates the adrenals, and instead supporting the pituitary in putting those regulatory players, which is like oxytocin, the bliss factor, which is so helpful right now. You know, it's what we get during climax and that's what we get during hugging and the birthing process. Um, there's so much anxiolytic support from oxytocin and um, the pituitary also will put out things like TSH, your thyroid stimulating hormone in a rested state. Um, so that's a really powerful player on the metabolic impact. And also if you are noticing that waking, that can be a very good gatekeeper, if you will, from that stimulate, stimulating impact of the adrenals that might be kicking you out of a deep restful sleep. Okay. And then beyond sleep being obviously very, very important for a myriad of reasons. Um, let's talk about diet as a big driver of cognitive decline and, and lack of cognitive clarity. Yeah. I mean, so if you think of when we're monitoring blood sugar levels, um, we're often looking at a hemoglobin A1C. And this is actually looking at the glycosylation or the coating of sugar on your red blood cells. So that percent that you get, um, you know, I like to keep individuals at 5.5 or less. Um, but if you're looking at like a 6.2% of a hemoglobin A1C, um, this is showing higher percent coating of sugar, essentially. And we know that that same glycosylation that we see represented in an A1C is the same mechanism that drives the tar-like plaques in the brain um, that can create cognitive impairment or interfere with the neurological signals and the function of the nerve tissue. Um, so there's, there's that direct connection. And then there's another connection that your nerve growth factor or NGF is based on the health of your beta cells of your pancreas. And the beta cells of the pancreas are the same cells that produce insulin. So one way to enhance your nerve growth factor or how you regenerate your nerve cells and your brain cells is actually by reducing the stress of the pancreas by keeping your blood sugar regulated and bringing those fasted insulin levels down. 
Super interesting stuff. And then there's also connection, uh, you know, between sad diet and kind of some of these hyper palatable foods out there that people are consuming with our cognition as well. Yeah. And that goes back to what I was saying, kind of with the excitotoxins, right? Mm -hmm. So these hyper palatable, what that basically means is that we're getting this excitatory response in our neurological system. And that actually can create maladaptive neuroplasticity. Um, So this can really interfere with optimal brain health. Um, and it can also interfere with even how we multitask. It can cause um, even to the level of like outrage. Um, we see adolescents to be very vulnerable because they're in a neurodevelopmental stage. And this is where a lot of these dietary environmental insults are seen. When we're talking about food dyes, we're talking about MSG, we're talking about a lot of these processed ingredient products that are sold and packaged to children. And then both driving obesity or weight gain as well as non-alcoholic fatty liver and the onset, this, this slew onset of ADHD and issues with cognitive health. Totally. And, and for, you know, both of the reasons that we mentioned, avoidance of those inflammatory foods and hyperpalatable foods and for the blood sugar regulation, let's talk a little bit about um, keto and, and the potential impact of keto on cognition. Yeah. So, right. Like you said, doing a nutritionally sound ketogenic diet, especially a whole foods based keto diet, right? Because a dirty keto would not probably influence that excitotoxin element, right? In fact, a dirty mm-hmm. keto might be laden in excitotoxins. So maybe you're doing a perfect macro plan and you are still getting the benefit of the reduced insulin demand and you are still getting the, of course, beauty of reduced oxidative stress in the brain by producing ketones in your body. But it is really important both not just of the carb removal, but the what you are eating component. Um, Because we've seen in study after study that a whole foods diet can actually enhance cognitive performance. Um, And we know that the role of ketosis can also reduce inflammation. So you kind of get this this two-part. You get the antioxidant boost, which reduces oxidative stress from whole food-based diet, which means basically the type of keto that Becky and I talk about all the time and use in um, our 12-week virtual food as medicine ketosis program. Um, We layer in food as medicine abundance goals, just as importantly as helping people master their macros, calculate their carb restriction, and figure out their metabolic flexibility, right? So you don't have to stay locked in less than 30 grams of carbs a day, you might find your metabolic flexibility allows you 45 or 50 grams of carbs and you're still producing ketones and you can monitor that. And we teach you how to feel empowered by using food as information for your body. Um, But we also layer in abundance-based goals. So you're getting two to three cups of leafy greens. You're getting herbs and seasonings and spices. Um, So we're actually teaching you about how to use fresh ginger root and turmeric and the importance of fresh herbs and spices to support microbiome health. We're reducing the excited toxins and the processed products and teaching you that those are chemical shit storms <laughs> and not whole foods. Um, so all of this kind of comes into synergy and um, would work really beautifully to enhance cognitive performance. And wouldn't you say, Becky, when we do surveys in our program, that that's probably the first thing that we see people change um, is both the reduction of cravings or enhanced satiety and then improved 
brain health and cognition, memory, multitasking, and mood. Wouldn't you kind of say that's the first thing? Totally. I think that often precedes any of the big weight shifts that we see. And I know you and I personally, that's a big driver of why we both live in keto and live (laughs) in it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So, so tons of mechanisms. Again, you're going to reduce the blood sugar elevation. Um, that's going to help to manage mood. That's going to help to reduce the beta amyloid plaque formation. Um, we're also going to get that reduced oxidative stress. Ketones are a cleaner fuel source. Um, they aid in satiety and regulation of appetite. So we're not grazing as frequently. We'll talk about some studies on fasting in a moment. Um, so it helps with supporting successful outcomes with fasting. And then you get that HGH boost, which we talked about with sleep. Sleep, you also get an HGH boost um, while being into a metabolic state of ketosis and ketones cross the blood brain barrier and also upregulate GABA. So all these things are continuing to repollinate each other and, and work cohesively in a story of optimal brain space. Totally. So not only does keto clean up those foods from the diet, reduce the oxidative stress and damage, but um, we can actually also layer tactics on such as intermittent fasting, as you mentioned, which can promote autophagy and that helps to get in there and kind of clean up the cellular mess. Absolutely. So we actually see reductions in that amyloid plaque um, with use of fasting. Um, And so, you know, this is what we see when we've done like autopsy um, in uh, brains of Alzheimer's individuals. And in those episodes, again, 110 and 112, we go deeper down the rabbit hole into like tau proteins and whatnot. Um, But another thing that we layer in um, aside from fasting, so fasting, I would say like a 16-8 would be ideal. Um, for some individuals that run low body fat, they might benefit from doing a fat fast. Um, so Becky and I have talked about this on past episodes, but just to kind of reiterate that, um, you can get autophagy in various mechanisms and autophagy is not a light switch, right? It's not like it's on or it's off. It's a, it's a gradient. Okay. And so when we think about autophagy, which is basically a cellular cleanup, Um, right? It's the immune system's ability to identify dysfunctional components of cells and uh, basically do away with virus or pathogen. And so very immune supporting as well to fast, um, but also can kind of clean up and uh, reset components of cells that are dysfunctional. So uh, we see a lot of benefit in cancer research with the use of intermittent fasting, immune, as I said, and then also this cognitive world and anti-aging. But I would say the risk factor, if you are someone that's under high stress during this time um, and you run low body fat or lower weight, you may benefit from doing a fat fast where you would layer in maybe some MCT, which would give you another brain boost, Uh, medium chain triglycerides, which can be found in a whole food form from coconut oil. Um, These are fantastic tool to help to promote ketosis or actually help your body make ketones. And also we see a unique mechanism of the MCTs actually improving insulin resistance markers and um, having benefits in brain health directly. So adding like coconut oil and maybe even ghee, which is going to have that butyrate to support um, in the gut tissue, but also with the production of ketones, the beta hydroxybutyrate, um, that would be a great blend. And that's what Becky and I tend to do is a little bit of ghee and coconut oil that provides like 150 to 200 calories. I might add in my collagen as well most days. 
And um, that to me still gets some of the benefits of autophagy without putting my body into an adrenaline surge of survival, perceiving food insecurity. Um, because my body being at a lower body fat and an individual that runs high stress and may not always get as quality sleep as I need, um, if I do a naked fast, that's going to serve to work against my body versus for it. I can do a 12-hour fast with nothing, but once I hit hour 14 or so, I need to add that fat in. Totally. I'm, I'm the same way. And, and like you said, it's not an on or off light switch. And there are other mechanisms that enhance autophagy as well. Exercise, which we'll talk about with relation to cognitive function in a little bit is, is just one other example. Definitely. Definitely. And that's the, the, the synergy of fasted exercise, if that works for your body. Yes. Okay. And so we touched quite a bit on um, how you know keto not only is going to reduce that oxidative damage um, back in episode 110 and 112. There's a lot more super nerdy stuff if you want to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but let's just highlight a few antioxidants that are major players with brain health. Sure. So um, big ones that I think of in the diet are going to be, and especially those that still work within the constructs of a low carbohydrate diet would be uh, turmeric. Um, we're looking at uh, berries as a fantastic tool. We're looking at, like I said, um, a lot of uh, herbs and roots, um, even uh, foods like garlic would be fantastic. And a lot of our um, alliums, um, these are going to be rich in cysteine. So the nutrients that we're focusing on are going to be glutathione and N-acetylcysteine or NAC. Um, these are the highest antioxidants in the antioxidant train. Um, so with, you know, vitamin C kind of being like the, the little kid sister antioxidant all the way up to glutathione, which is the grandmama hierarchy. And we see that these reduce oxidative damage and stress um, and that they play a significant role in boosting learning capacity. Um, this is one that like, funny enough, my husband just recently started taking and he will be like, oh, like making like a muscle like pose and he'll be like, cellular antiox. <laughs> like he like really gets like a kick. He's like, dude, if I have to go to anything where I have to stay up past 10 PM, I'm taking a cellular antiox. That's my like so funny. recreational <laughs> tool of choice. Yeah. It's like pretty hilarious. And I've been taking cellular antiox for years. Um, because of the benefits of, of NAC and glutathione. Um, and I do notice it helps with clear-headedness and cognitive performance. Um, there's actually been studies, like I said, on looking at enhanced synaptic neurotransmitter uh, signaling. And there actually is a lot of benefits that have been seen in studies, which we can highlight in our show notes on dramatic antidepressant effects. So it definitely can be a mood stabilizer. And likely the mechanism of that is, as I've talked about in the anti-anxiety diet, when the brain is under a state of inflammation, it's like the signals are passing through gray noise, like and trying to communicate. So if you can reduce the oxidative stress by enhancing antioxidant capacity and you're using that cleaner fuel of ketones, then the neurosynapses are firing much more clearly. There's less of that gray noise or white noise, if you will. So all sure. things to consider in that world. Um, and cellular antiox also has been shown to reduce calcification um, and uh, plays a big role also with chronic fatigue syndrome. So it can be a great tool um, to help with energy if you're burned out from stress. 
And then the only other thing I'd say on the supplement level, so we talked about berries and then some of these food sources like the cruciferous vegetables would also be rich sources of cysteine. Um, bone broth is a rich source of cysteine as well. Um, but super turmeric is one that I would highlight just because the curcuminoids are so powerful in uh, research with brain health. Uh, we've seen improved memory and attention in adults in um, studies comparing a double-blind uh, research study looking at placebo versus uh, curcuminoid formula. And um, we see generally necessary dose of 600 milligrams minimum per day. Um, and this is where the tetrahydrocurcuminoid form that is actually enhanced endogenously in the body and has been shown in research with the use of our super turmeric is really exciting with the emerging research because there's uh, varied forms of curcuminoids and the formulas that actually take the time and energy to third party test their variances are always going to be a higher standard above the rest of just looking at dried milligrams of curcumin. Totally. And that's one of those nerdy videos that we're creating for you guys on, on the new website. So yeah. more to come on and each, each um, capsule super has a full gram. So a thousand yeah. milligrams. And, and so you're getting that in just one capsule a day. Yeah. Awesome. Um, on to just kind of in keeping with antioxidants and, and food forms, but let's, let's incorporate a little bit further broad spectrum on um, micronutrients and talk a little bit about the uh, double-edged sword here where nutrient deficiency can definitely throw off cognitive function, but stress, lack of sleep, many of the other things that we mentioned can drive that micronutrient deficiency. Totally. That's what I was going to say. So we could break down the nutrient sections like basically B vitamins, which are used as cofactors or activators to our neurotransmitters. Most of our B vitamins, but, but namely B1, um, thiamine, uh, B6, pyridoxine, B12, and folate and choline, which is like the cousin to the B vitamin family. Um, these are the ones that we see in most significant research connection to dementia, Alzheimer's, cognitive decline, um, as well as imbalanced neurotransmitters and uh, mood instability. Um, and so, you know, these play a big role with brain uh, pathology in different forms of cognitive decline, specifically Alzheimer's. It's a big tie that we see with the low B1. Um, and there's lifestyle factors, right? So, so stress itself burns through these Bs. Also, use of alcohol is going to create a higher susceptibility to B deficiency. Um, B vitamins are going to be more potent in our uh, dark meat. Um, so like our dark meat poultry, our organs are always the richest form of our B vitamins. So another reason to really incorporate organs at least once a week into your um, food as medicine repertoire. Um, and remember, these can be seen in things like oysters, right? So you can get your organelle and your shellfish, um, mussels, oysters, clams, uh, as well as small fish like sardines and such. Um, and then uh, you can incorporate in my freezer right now, um, you know, I have uh, grass-fed beef heart. I also have liver. Uh, I have a blend of uh, bison ancestral blend, uh, which incorporates a quarter of ground organ with three quarters of ground beef per pound. And that works really beautiful for like our um, bacon meatloaf, <laughs> um, which we should post with today's episode because I think that that's definitely a really important brain booster because bacon also is really rich in choline. Um, and choline we think of with like egg yolks 
and um, like I said, bacon and also organs. And choline plays a role with acetylcholine, which is truly like the transductor of the communication um, of our, our brain signals. So really important. It's needed for cellular integrity of neurons um, and the glialis cells, um, which really play a big role in basically insulating our neurons, protecting our neurological transmission. Um, and when that gets damaged, that's going to drive impaired cognitive all right and then beyond the family and i will make sure i link to the um i think they're bacon caramelized onion and bacon mini meatloaf is the yeah. official name of, of the recipe i'll link to that and i just made because um, i'm kind of going through taking inventory of my freezer um the simple organ puree and pate, I think it's called on the blog. Yes. Um, Cause I was thinking more along the connection of vitamin A and, and immune support and also that I hadn't had uh, chicken liver in quite some time. So I just made some of that and froze half the batch in my freezer. Totally. That's, that's a great one. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty again of food is medicine, right? So yes. you're, you're maybe eating the organs for the B vitamins for cognitive function, but you're also getting a great boost of vitamin A, which is a huge immune nutrient. Totally. So you get that synergy. Um, the next area of micronutrient deficiency I'd go to would be going on the heels of inflammation, right? So after stress, we're looking at inflammation and oxidative stress. So our anti-inflammatory fats, which would be our omega-3 fatty acids, uh, we see EPA and DHA as the two primary omega-3s that are really showing the most influence on inflammation and brain health. And it's really the DHA that is the one that we really are highlighting for neurogenesis, neuron myelination, or again, protecting on the, um, uh, the sheath or the protecting coating, if you will, of our nerves. Uh, we see membrane receptor function and synaptic plasticity improving with DHA levels when they're optimized. Um, so critical so that we're you know, really incorporating DHA now in a lot of baby formulas and first foods, as well as prenatals. Um, but it is really important to note that a lot of the dosages that we see out there or the kind of... Um, lip service, if you will, yeah. on, you know, on some of these products is really insignificant. Um, like the dairy milk that says DHA fortified, and it has, I think, less than uh, 20 milligrams. Um, so really insignificant. When I'm talking about using DHA as a brain booster, um, we're really looking to try to achieve at least 800 milligrams. Um, so that 20 milligrams to zero versus 800 is really not going to fit the bill. Totally. And I'm constantly having to take pregnant mamas or um, mamas who are breastfeeding off of like the gummy prenatals oh. that are like with DHA. And it's like mm, 10 milligrams. Okay. No, that's not going to cut it. That's not doing anything. Yeah, most definitely. And um, something to note, I think that's important on our EPA DHA extra, which is of course the supplement recommendation sure. to ramp up your DHA um, as an omega-3 fatty acid is that um, it is third-party tested for both dioxin as well as PCBs, as well as mercury. So I know you've talked, Becky, I haven't seen this, but um, I think you had said that you have some friends where they're 
OBGYN took them off of a fish oil because of some random concern of like mercury toxicity for yep. the baby. Yep. And Without even looking at um, source of, of what kind of fish was used or anything like that, just kind of blindly like following that. Yeah. So I really think that that is not sound in research um, unless you don't have the testing for the formula. So definitely don't go take a over-the-counter crap quality omega-3 while you're pregnant. But I really stand very strong with the EPA DHA extra that we offer and know that there's a high confidence interval triple tested each batch um, to ensure that that is not concerning. And yet when you are getting an ample dosage of DHA, you are going to be supporting that rapid accumulation in the brain and that brain development, um, which is really important for cognitive abilities in the first few years of life. And, and we'll link some studies that are really compelling on that as well. Totally. And, and, you know, not just for baby, for sure links to, you know, adults as well, seeing um, DHA boosting memory and slowing down cognitive decline. So kind of across the spectrum for whole lifespan. This is really important. Yep. And then there are some minerals. I would just call out iron um, for, for lack of time um, because that's one that I think tends to be overlooked. Um, you know, iron can be a pro-oxidant, so we don't always push that or even discuss very often. But I'll say when I had iron deficiency, I had, I had anemia both due to iron deficiency and B12 deficiency. So I got uh -huh. double dipped um, when I was a raw vegan. And um, I noticed substantial cognitive impairment, like literally like stopping in the middle of a task and being like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Um, shortness of breath and fatigue were two other big influencing factors of anemia. Um, so, you know, using your cast iron pan, I plan to do a video on that, you guys. So hang tight for the YouTube channel. Cause all you guys always message me <laughs> like, how do you take care of it? What's your favorite brand? I love lodge. It's a Texas company, uh, super cheap. You can get it at, you know, target or wherever. And it's like 20 to 30 bucks, various, um, size pans, but that's a great way to get elemental iron into your diet by using the cast iron. And then you're also avoiding any of those uh, toxic um, polycarbonates or additives that can interfere with hormone signaling. Um, so that's really my favorite kitchen tool probably in the top five is my cast iron. Oh, and yeah. then a, a diet that's rich in bioavailable heme sources. So, you know, you're not going to get that from plant foods. And that's why, you know, the Popeye iron thing is kind of a load of BS. Um, there's a lot of oxalates. There's, you know, going to be, um, concerns of getting iron from your vegetable forms like uh, beans and such, which have high phytate count. Um, so you really want the heme or animal source, which can be found for pescatarians in salmon. Um, but really we're, we're thinking red meat as a, a powerful player here. And the red meat selection that's grass fed pasture raised is going to have more of those conjugated linoleic acids in the omega-3 world. We'll actually get also some EPA DHA there. So definitely sourcing would be important as well. Yep. And if you're someone who tends to run low iron, probably bringing in our multi-defense with iron is just a good buffer there as well. Yep. And we tend to say that, um, you know, if you're in, if you're considering getting pregnant within a year, um, or you're, you know, past 32 and you're wanting to have another baby, um, it's probably a good idea to just take the, uh, multi-avail mama, mm -hmm. which has a little bit more iron, a little bit more nutrients that tend to decline with age, stress, you name it, um, to really keep your body in optimal support. If, 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 
um, you know, having a child within that year or in that advanced age, which you guys, I'm 35 saying this, so I know it doesn't sound fun to say advanced age, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like right at the cusp of that. What the heck? I know. When did that happen? <laughs> Damn calendar keeps turning. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. Huh. Let's go gut. Yes. Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. So how is gut health related to all of this? I know we've spent um, episodes and episodes discussing, so just maybe some of the, the big highlights. Yeah, most definitely. So we have a great episode. One of my favorites actually called the gut brain connection. It's episode 87. And I think that we'll do a, a kind of reboot on that. So there was so much that we gathered for today's episode. I'm kind of compartmentalizing that over, but the, 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 the long of the short <laughs> is that um, there are more neurons in our gut than our spinal cord um, of our central nervous system, right? So the brain and spinal cord combined, there's actually more neurons in our enteric nervous system. And remember, that's where I connected a little bit ago about that GABA helping to calm down the nerve impulse in that overpumping in a nervous gut, the butterfly sensation that you might experience, right? Well, we know that there are also neuropeptides from stress influence that interfere with our mucosal barrier and our gut junctions. So I've talked to you guys about how things like um, LPS, um, lipopolysaccharides, increases with stress, as does secretory IgA. And these markers can actually like drill holes or create drama in your gut integrity or your gut lining. So stress alone, mental, emotional stress alone can drive leaky gut. And that gut permeability can contribute to cognitive impairment brain fog, difficulty concentrating, as well as mood instability um, because larger food particles cross the blood, the gut blood barrier and many of them also cross into the blood brain barrier which contributes to that same scenario of that like white noise that I was referencing before, right? So we can get cognitive impairment connected to leaky gut because the body's experiencing an overburden of inflammatory chemical release because the immune system is perceiving these particle overload that's crossing through the gut that doesn't belong in the bloodstream as an invasion. So totally. that's definitely a mechanism. Um, and then the, the last one I would kind of mention within that enteric nervous system is that the neurotransmitters are produced, a lot of them in the gut, right? So we talk about how 80 to 90% of our serotonin is manufactured in the gut. So, you know, serotonin connecting to melatonin, that could impact your sleep, that could also impact your landing gear for your stress response. Um, we know that also there's an independent factor your gut bacteria, when balanced and optimized, can actually produce more brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. And this is what plays a big role in the development and function of your brain tissue. Totally. And I would say more often than not, when I have a client dealing with dysbiosis or candida overgrowth, they report brain fog as a, a oh, yeah. really big symptom that often lifts when they do our beat the bloat cleanse. Totally. Totally. I think that that's always, always a, a pleasant side effect, <laughs> if you will, a synergistic yes. outcome. So before we go any further, let's have a word from today's mid-roll sponsor, Further Food, um, which is a company that makes food as medicine products that are gut restoring 
Further Food Products are the highest quality collagen, gelatin, and they do make health food tonics as well. Becky and I both are obsessed with their collagen and gelatin as primary tools that are used pretty much daily in both of our households. And the reason is that Further Food as a company has very high integrity. They've always been very transparent about their sourcing and quality and they ensure that their collagen and gelatin is sourced from grass-fed, um, pasture-raised bovine or beef, if you will. And then they also have wild-caught um, cod collagen, which is a fantastic tool to use if you are doing an elimination diet and you are reactive to beef. Um, or for instance, with our MRT test, which we talked about so much in last week's episode, which is the inflammatory food panel, that panel doesn't test for snapper and other forms of collagen that I've seen on the market from fish, but it does test for cod. So you get that confidence interval of the actual antigen compound that it's sourced from. Um, all of the further food products are also non-GMO. Um, and then if they are animal sourced, they're hormone-free and antibiotic-free. We uh, use the collagen in cold and hot delivery. So I add the collagen to my daily tea or coffee, depending on what beverage I'm consuming. And then I like to play with the gelatin in so many different ways, whether it's my avocado breakfast pudding in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook, or my matcha lime gelatin um, topped with blackberries, another fantastic recipe. Both of those allow that gelatin to kind of just gelatinize and set a little bit. So it makes like a pudding or a panna cotta. And that also adds a nice punch of protein. There are a lot of peas in there. <laughs> pudding kind of cut a punch of protein, <laughs> um, which is really fantastic as well for like your children. Um, I know that a lot of kiddos, Estelle and I just made gummies this week using the further food gelatin as well. Um, and you get that oopy goopy gelatinous delivery to coat your gut tissue, which aids in repairing leaky gut. Um, so we're definitely getting that connective tissue support with gut health, which reduces food sensitivity reduces that inflammation process as I just discussed. But then you also get the myriad of benefits from using collagen and gelatin on connective tissue like hair, skin, and nails. Um, and uh, we've seen in research studies that we've talked about in our episode all about collagen that there's actually been double-blind um, randomized clinical trials using collagen versus placebo looking at cellulite, which I think that helped Becky and I be like, okay, Dave. Oh yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> and then even things like vascular tissue. So we've seen um, in uh, blood vessels that that elasticity that the collagen and gelatin provide uh, really help with cardiovascular health. So go on over to furtherfood.com and you can use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout. That always is going to tell them that you uh, heard about them first through the Naturally Nourished podcast, and you'll also get savings on your first order. So furtherfood.com, use the code AllieMillerRD. All right. So now that we've covered some of the big drivers of cognitive decline and, and at least some solutions there, I want to jump on the topic of nootropics, because I think this is becoming kind of a, a buzzworthy topic or word. And it's something we've been talking about, but maybe not always using that term. So let's define for listeners, what the heck are nootropics? What does that mean? And what are your thoughts? 
Yeah. We always like to quiz our husbands. Um, oh, yeah. to be like, to, to be like, so I think just a couple months ago I was like, cause I was looking at some rewording on the website and I was like quiz, who knows what nootropic means and neither of them did. And I'm like, damn it. Well, if you guys are around us right. and you hear half of what we're saying, then maybe that's not the right marketing term, <laughs> but what nootropics are, um, are basically, uh, smart drugs or performance enhancers. So they're compounds that could be vitamins, they could be amino acids, they could be herbs, um, and they're basically any compound that's been shown in research to improve learning capacity, concentration, motivation, creative thought, memory, and clarity. Um, so performance enhancers for the brain would be a good way to think about it. And um, I kind of break them into mechanisms of action. So nootropics could either impact neurotransmitter levels, um, for instance, L-theanine, um, which is probably my favorite nootropic. Um, L-theanine is pretty potent found in our Calm and Clear formula. And so um, in three capsules, it's, is it 100 or 200 milligrams, Becky? You can look and I'm going to keep talking. Um, 200? I thought it was. Guess, but let me look. I thought it was, yeah. Um, but L-theanine is basically a modulator to our neurotransmitters. So it actually helps in improving those that are deficient, improving production, and then reducing or metabolizing excess of neurotransmitters. So it kind of works like a puppeteer or a pilot in the brain. And it enhances our alpha brainwave activity, which is what we see during creativity concentration and focus without allowing that agitation and anxiety. And L-theanine as a tool within the Calm and Clear Synergy is even more powerful because it's then paired with nervines and adaptogens. So, you know, adaptogenic herbs help us to aid in adapting to our stress response without putting out too much of those excitatory fires. Um, and so that reduces that cell death, right? It reduces that stress response and allows us to have good resilience and good energy. So adaptogens in that formula is the ashwagandha. And then when we look at like our adaptogen boost, which is a total nootropic formula um, that has cordyceps, rhodiola, and ginseng. And all of these have really powerful mechanisms as well. Um, in fact, ginseng itself um, is a well-known adaptogen for brain health because it can actually help with calmness and it can also aid with working memory performance. And we've seen research studies that look at ginseng in healthy adults um, in, in younger ages, um, teens into 20s. Um, and we see that the ginseng not only possesses anti-stress properties, but it also has antioxidant protection and can aid in vasodilation or bringing um, blood flow to the brain, which is really important. That's one of the mechanisms of aging and cognitive decline is that you know we're not getting that blood flow to the brain. Um, so that would be a really big area in, in the world of focus of nootropics. And the formulas that we have, again, would be the Calm and Clear, which has the L-theanine. It also has L-tyrosine. Um, L-tyrosine um, is going to support, uh, I don't think... L-tyrosine is not in that formula, excuse me. L-tyrosine is in our thyroid optimizer. 
Um, and L-tyrosine is actually what can aid in production of our dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine. And L-tyrosine is also what can support thyroxine production or our actual thyroid hormone. And on the conversation of the thyroid op optimizer, we get that amino acid as a nootropic, but then we also have that forskolin. And forskolin has been shown in studies to enhance learning, memory, and mental stamina. Um, so we've seen that that actually can enhance cognitive function as well as supporting communication in that HPA axis. So forskolin itself has adaptogenic impact as well. And just confirmed that it's um, 200 milligrams of L-theanine per three capsules. And then um, it's taurine. That's the other uh, T in the right. common clear formula. Yeah. So that L-tyrosine is in the thyroid optimizer, as I mentioned, and then right taurine, um, which has stress reducing impact um, is in the calm and clear. And then the calm and clear also has the synergy of layering in those B vitamins. Yeah. Um, so we're getting a, a nice blend there. And then again, the adaptogen boost with the cordyceps in there, which incorporates some of the medicinal, medicinal mushrooms, that whole world of nootropics is really interesting because medicinal mushrooms can aid in stress tolerance uh, regulate cortisol levels, can uh, fight against fatigue. And also what's really cool about a lot of these herbs and medicinal mushrooms is they're also immune enhancers. Totally. And, and you know, when I talk to clients and they're asking about like smart drugs or, or more like synthetic options for enhancing cognition, like New Vigil is a big one out there, or um, Modafinil I know has been really popular. Adderall is probably one that a lot of us are familiar with from college days and, and whatnot. Uh, the adaptogenic forms and the nutrient forms would have a myriad of other you know functions in the body versus driving potential addictive tendencies and side effects and things like that. And adrenal burnout, again, yeah, you know, totally. those are all, what, what Becky just mentioned, are all stimulants, yep. right? But we're not really seeing novel mechanisms of action aside from that stimulation. Um, so yes, it can per aid in your performance enhancement, so can speed. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> you're not going to hear me recommend it on the Naturally Nourished podcast. <laughs> Most uh -uh. of them not. Uh -uh. Um, and yeah, that adaptogen boost, especially, I find that to be a real light switch. I can tell when I've taken it or not just from like my acuity and sharpness and, and clarity and focus for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, so we've, we've dropped a lot of formulas and as always in the show notes, we will link those. Yes. But if I was considering two bundles, I would say the stress manager, which has the GABA calm adaptogen boost and calm and clear that that's the triad of, of really aiding in stress tolerance and resilience. Um, I mentioned that the GABA aids in reducing that excitatory stress, but GABA independently has also been shown bioidentical GABA, which is what our GABA calm is to help to get people in the zone. So this is like when like athletes are at the free throw line, right? Concentration, focus without agitation and anxiety. Um, yes. So it's really a fantastic bundle there. And then the anti-inflammatory bundle would be the other one I would consider. And that's the super turmeric cellular antiox and the GI lining. So that hits the other world of the oxidative stress, inflammation and gut stability. All right. And yes, like Ali said, I will link to all the things because as always, we have like a million recommendations for you guys. Um, I'll link to all those in the show notes. Um, just wrapping up with a few more kind of tangible solutions. Yes. Do you want to 
call out maybe a couple of brain boosting foods and Let's then like do that. one or yeah. two lifestyle or just yeah. stick with food? I think we'll do both. I think that's okay. reasonable. And so we hit for you guys the importance of a fat-fueled diet, right? Um, the brain is pre- predominantly comprised of fat, right? And so it makes sense that fat and cholesterol, we have that episode cholesterol as medicine, really important players for optimal cognitive function. And then I would reiterate the role of organ meat. We gave you a lot of suggestions you know, about 20 minutes back on that, and as well as the omega-3s. So beyond EPA, DHA, extra. Um, I talked about sardines and shellfish for organs, but just wild caught fish. I really would emphasize fish two to three times a week to really get an optimal omega-3 balance in your diet and then reduce the excessive omega-6s by removing corn, soy, and ensuring that the proteins that you're consuming are grass-fed or pasture-raised. Uh, We talked about some of those antioxidant boosting foods, which would be like our berries. Um, We've actually seen eating berries has been shown to improve cognitive function in children um, and has shown a boost in episodic and working memory in adults. We'll link those research studies. Pretty cool. And berries are one that you can definitely get into your kiddos, likely without complaint. Just remember that it's important to balance those polyphenols and those berries with another brain boosting foods like nut butter, nuts and seeds, or a healthy fat to blunt that um, blood sugar spike. But we've also seen that nuts themselves um, can be very supportive in strengthening brainwave function, um, enhanced learning and memory, um, can improve insulin sensitivity and endothelial function. So this can really help with regulating inflammation. Um, And so nuts and seeds as a snack, a great thing to pair with some of those phytocompound rich fruits. Uh, chocolate would be a really great one. We've actually seen that cacao flavonoids can boost cognitive performance by increasing BDNF. Um, So again, that brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Uh, So we get more blood flow with cacao. We've seen and we've talked about the mood-boosting influence of cacao, um, but it actually can enhance executive function. So you could um, incorporate cacao powder into your fat-fueled coffee in the morning, add in some medicinal mushroom powder, um, and really be one-upping your game there is that cocotropics that I've talked to, to you guys about in other episodes of the podcast from Wild Foods. Um, and you can always use the code AllieMillerRD to save over at wildfoods.co. Um, that has medicinal mushrooms blended with turmeric and cacao. So pretty cool product there as a food blend. Um, and then tea and coffee. Um, we do see caffeine can really enhance the hippocampal uh, neurotransmission and how memory is consolidated. Um, we do see that um, drinking black tea and green tea, that um, plant itself of the tea leaf is actually inversely associated with cognitive dysfunction. And we talked in a couple episodes, again, the synergy effect of how tea actually enhances by 10 times your interferon levels, which is really what harnesses all of your immunological function, including like your T cells, um, which really aid in that acquired immunity and your immune system's ability to attack. Um, so we'll list all of those food focuses and some fun recipes to put it all together. Um, the anti-anxiety diet cookbook will be a really great companion that will keep kind of reiterating the messaging within today's episode as well. Totally. Um, and yeah, I'm always happy to see chocolate and coffee and tea 
on all of these kind of um, lists for sure. Those are, those are some of my favorite staples. Most definitely. So the last things we'll touch on, but we're going to do a whole episode in the future on breath and sleep. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get too nerdy on meditation and mindfulness, but this is definitely really important um, because we need to slow down the hyper signaling in the brain. You know, you need to actually get into that alpha and theta brainwave to really allow that regenerative space. So we don't have time today to give you tips on how to meditate, but I will say that meditation and mindfulness is a really great way to harness that wild stallion of the brain. And um, exercise, I wanted to mention as well, um, we've seen that exercise boosts also the BDNF, that neuron growth factor. We see synaptic plasticity. Um, we talked about in our movement with Dr. Uh, movement as medicine episode with Dr. Deb um, about neuroplasticity exercise movements. Um, and so we talked about how we do that like thing where you make a triangle with your right arm and you try to do a circle with your left arm. Oh, I mean, yeah. even just doing that, <laughs> that's enough of a brain you know, stressor, but an exercise that does aid in that um, plasticity. Um, Really important for ensuring that the brain keeps working and keeps developing new pathways. That's what kind of keeps things in an anti-aging effect. Walking, also fantastic. Um, We've seen brain scans of individuals that um, participate in walking upwards of three times a week, not difficult to do. Um, And we've seen enhanced decision-making, attention, and memory in those individuals, um, different than those that aren't. And I think it's because walking helps you to get into a parasympathetic rhythmic space. Um, And then I would say though, the, the resistance training and gain of lean body mass would be another boost for that autophagy as well as um, the HGH boost for the body composition change. And um, last thing, we we hit on fasting. The last thing I'll mention, which y'all aren't going to love me for, but- Yeah, that sounds tricky right now. The screen time (laughs) reduction, I know. Yeah, so we we know that um, the more blue light we're exposed to on our smartphones, our laptops, our tablets, and whatever electronic devices we're using, has been shown in research to deplete dopamine. Um, has been shown, which is our you know that can drive then more cravings. Um, it can shorten attention span. It can actually cause gray matter atrophy in the brain, uh, and impairs our ability to conduct deep work um, or really that ability to, to get into a deep focus state without distraction. So if you're feeling hyper-stimulated now, take a retreat from the screen, you know, um, go for a walk and listen to this episode and give yourself a full 24 hours off of screens. Um, do what you can on the back end of your screens to adjust the lighting, um, you know, to do the night shift for the whole day wear your blue blocker glasses. We'll link those in today's episode as well. But this kind of full circle also, a lot of these conversations are really deep dive in my adrenal rehab program. So I will be offering a discount code for that. Um, We will call it um, Adrenal April and um, we'll offer that course 50% off. And um, that'll be our little uh, COVID uh, 
social distancing treat for you guys. Um, and I hope it's a powerful tool for you guys as you're working to harness your stress response. And we know that that's really the root cause because stress can impede sleep. It can interfere with your gut health. It can interfere with your nutrient status. It can drive inflammation and all of these things. So if we can really work the lifestyle and diet and stuff, supplement support, I think that that's going to have us all feeling more grounded, enhancing our memory and cognitive function, but also really helping to, to regulate our mood. Totally. So happy to get you guys all of these resources. I can't think of a better time for this episode to come out um, with the exception of the screen time yes. <laughs> suggestion, but just do the best you can for now. And, and, you know, hopefully there's a reset into nature that are, a lot of people are getting as well and, and time away from those screens. Um, but as always, if you love today's episode, please head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen, leave us a five-star review along with a couple of sentences of why you love the podcast, share on your social media and tag at Allie Miller RD so we can repost and know that you are sharing. Send to a friend or family member who could use some of this information. And thanks as always for listening and being part of the tribe. Yes. Stay well, stay low stress and practice mindfulness wherever you can. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.